Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit Rumblings, Podcast 367. This time I have a very extra sad story about a dead laptop and how I will never trust Acer as a brand or recommend them ever again. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. I guess I should start this one off a little bit differently because this podcast might have some listeners who are not uh, familiar with me or my history. I have been a video gamer since Pong, so I am a little bit uh, older than the average gamer. But for the past uh, 14 and a half-ish years, I have uh, actually been homeless. And for most of that time, I have had... Uh, thankfully, the opportunity to be on a gaming laptop. I started with the EPC, which uh, barely could run anything, but somehow it did manage to play WoW around the time of Lich King. I played for a few months on that before I stopped playing. I graduated from that to a for real laptop with the Asus G75, I think around 2011, maybe 2010. I had that for about three years, and then it started having some issues with not recognizing the battery, so it always had to be plugged in, which wasn't really an issue. But I did have a part-time job at the time, and so I upgraded to an Asus G750 in 2013, sort of late August, early September. And sadly, I was fired from that part-time job uh, right around when I had saved up almost... I guess about two-thirds as much for a newer laptop, and that was in uh, 2015. I was let go of my part-time job with no warning, uh, no black marks on my record, and no reason. So since then, I've been both homeless and uh, without income. When the pandemic hit, uh, it hit me uh, pretty extra hard, and times were getting uh, really, really rough. Since my Asus G750 had hit about seven years at that time. It was really, really starting to show its age. And its wireless wasn't great, so while I was locked out of places, it could barely find places to connect. And when it could, you know, often there wasn't a plug. Thankfully, I live in California, and we got uh, quite a bit of stimulus. So I managed to get enough to look at sort of a lower mid-range laptop at the time, and it was my birthday around August of 2020. At the time, Asus was getting really, really bad reviews of the laptop that was in my price range, as well as really horrible shortages. They would come in, and they would be gone from all websites in a matter of days. So with reviewers saying things like, the screen is so bad it's getting horrible ghosting and many reviewers not recommending it for fast-paced shooting kind of games. 
Since I played that kind of game, I looked to pretty much what is often considered sort of a direct competitor, and that was the Acer Predator Helios, which I had heard about uh, for a few years. They often got very high reviews, along with systems from Lenovo and MSI and I think Gigabyte. But those last three weren't really brands I was that familiar with. I was familiar with Acer, and I think way back in the day I possibly had a monitor by them. So I decided to go ahead and give them a chance, since their screen was apparently quite good. It wasn't the best color representation, but it was quite fast at 144 hertz, and there was no report of any uh, ghosting. At the time, I was also taking classes in film and graphic arts, uh, hoping to possibly get back into graphic arts or maybe into editing with film. So having a decent screen was important for that reason as well. It was a little bit higher price than I'd hoped I would pay at around $13.50, but I did have enough to get that as well as an M2 drive that I could hopefully uh, carry for, you know, years forward. As I said, I got the laptop around late August, early September, just shortly after my birthday, and I didn't want to wait uh, for any other models because I was afraid, you know, being homeless and unemployed, that that money would pretty rapidly disappear if I uh, tried to hang on to it. It wasn't even one month later when I started to see some issues appearing on the screen. There were some scratch marks in the corners on the bottom right and bottom left as you had it opened up. I considered complaining to Acer and being like, hey, what's up with this? This doesn't look right. But I figured with everything going on, with the pandemic and how long it would take to get it replaced, I figured, well, it's just cosmetic. It doesn't really affect anything in gaming. I can't really see it, uh, you know, in a inside environment. It's really only noticeable outside. And I was using a sort of protective cover that they had included and put between the screen and the keyboard. And so I decided to remove that, assuming, you know, that was probably the cause of what was scratching it. It was about two months later after that that I noticed a visible line start to appear, probably about one-third of the way down the monitor, and it seemed to line up with the edge of the keyboard. That to me meant that the design of the laptop was not given enough clearance between the monitor and the keyboard, and so what was happening was when I was closing it and putting it in my backpack, it probably was smooshing the keys and the, the screen together, And sort of, you know, as you walk along, that little bit of wiggle caused this line to, you know, over a period of time, scrape more and more into the monitor. Now you might think, well, don't carry it like that. But all of my previous laptops had been carried in that exact same manner, and even in the same backpack, because it has a a lifetime guarantee, so every time it would get uh, messed up and torn, I would just replace it with the same uh, kind of backpack. So that is not something, you know, that would have been caused to any laptop because my previously seven-year-old Asus G750 had no such marks. It was at about the three or four-month period after purchase that I noticed the keyboard started feeling not great. The keyboard is of a squishy key type, which is not entirely unusual for laptops of that and prior generations. 
But at that point, they started feeling, I guess, kind of stiff or not right, like the squishiness had been going bad. It's difficult to describe, but I would say it felt similar to my previous Asus laptop's keyboards after years of use. While these issues were pretty terrible, they were functionally cosmetic in that you didn't really see the issues with the screen if you're gaming indoors, especially if the lights were lower or you were in a dark uh, situation. And the keyboard was pretty easily avoidable by getting, you know, a separate keyboard and attaching that via USB. At one year and four months after my purchase, in the first few weeks of January, the system shut off. I was playing a game, as I had been many times before, then boom, off. There was no damage, there was no smell, there was no sound, just completely shut off for no reason, apparently. Since I'd had issues with outside plugs in the past, years ago, I'd picked up a single plug surge protector, so I had that on the plug, as well as that plug was plugged into a power strip, which also had its own surge protection, so it was double surge protected. There was no spills, no drops, no damage, just flat shut off. I waited a little bit and tried to turn it back on again. There were no lights. Not a light showing it was plugged in to the power supply. Not a light showing the battery was turned on. It would not turn on plugged in. It would not turn on with battery. It just went flat dead. Looking online, I found some suggestions to try to reset the power and, I guess, discharge any kind of static buildup that might be preventing it from starting up. No change. I contacted customer support, and the response was, it sounds like a motherboard issue. Send it back to us and give us $730. Not send it to us and we'll diagnose what's wrong and charge you accordingly to what's broken. Just, if you want it replaced, send it back, give us $730. Otherwise, too bad. I decided there's no way in hell I'm giving them $730 for something I just paid nearly $1,400 for barely over a year ago. So I looked around at local shops and found pretty much all the places do uh, diagnoses for free. So I took it to a local shop and they determined the power supply is okay, the battery is okay, they're guessing it's a motherboard issue, but they weren't equipped for it which I guess was not surprising since the shop front was full of phone and tablet stuff. So I'm guessing they probably don't do a lot of real repair so much as they do, you know, change out the glass or change out the battery or change out, you know, various parts that can be changed easily. So I called up a different shop, made sure they could do actual motherboard repair if they determined, you know, everything else looked okay. So they did a free estimate and check and said the same thing. They said, the battery looks okay, the power supply looks okay, it's probably a motherboard issue. If you want us to look at it, that will cost you $100 whether we fix anything or not. But if we can fix it, that will cost you 300 instead. So I said, well, I guess I don't have any choice because I can't fix this myself. Go ahead and do that. And their response was, well, 
we can't figure it out. It's a deeper issue than we can fix. So just charged me $100 and then said that was all they could do. So after only one year and four months, the Acer Predator 300 2020 model, which I paid nearly $1,400 for, is bricked. Acer wanted $730 to replace it. No way. That would mean I would have paid $2,000 for the unit, which is ridiculous. $2,000 at the time I purchased the laptop would have literally been almost a top-of-the-line unit, and there's no way I'm going to give them a bunch extra money more for something they shouldn't even be asking half that much to repair, especially since they didn't even diagnose what's wrong yet. That's for them to even do anything with it. In addition to that, Acer themselves didn't even really technically tell me that, because they don't do support for customers at all after sales. They have a third-party authorized person do it for them. I tried to look around on their forums for help, but it's the same thing. It's not really Acer. It's a third-party company running their official website for them. So, the Acer is dead. It's bricked. At this point, I have given up on it. The only thing I can do at this point is put it up for sale on something like eBay and pray I get some money back for it. Because even if I could get $730, there's no way I'm going to give it to Acer. If anything, I will wait until a nice Asus system goes on sale and buy a brand new system with brand new coverage and brand new parts, possibly even better parts than what I had, and give it to a company I trust. So that's the end of my sad story. I'm now back to where I was a year and a quarter ago. Emotionally and in terms of uh, potential work, since I can't do hardly any work on my system, now that my Asus G750 is pushing almost nine years old. I spent 1400 with Acer, another 100 at a repair shop, and I have nothing to show for it except for what I can recover on eBay. This is shameful and embarrassing to treat your customers like this, Customers should absolutely not be treated like this. All companies should say, even after you're out of your coverage period, send it back to us, we'll look at it, we'll see what's wrong, we'll charge you accordingly per part. Back in the day when my Asus G750 had a heat issue where the graphics card was starting to get uh, quite a bit warmer than it should, I talked to them online. I said, hey, my system is running kind of hot. It's making me a little worried. The temperature check shows it's above where it should be. Uh, what can I do about this? Now I know that's a repasting issue and I could have done it myself if I spent the time on it. But the system was three years old and I think about three or four months passed and the laptop had a three-year coverage period. So I was out of my coverage period. But the agent said, you know what? Uh, you're a good customer. You've bought a few laptops from us. Go ahead and send it to us, even though you're out of coverage, and we'll repaste it for you free of charge. That was quite a while ago. I don't know what their policy would be now. I don't know what their coverage would be now. I don't know if they would say the same thing if that were to happen again. But when a company says that to you, 
That's something that makes you feel good. That's a company you follow. I really regret not waiting for Asus. I really regret not having the money to get a system they offered. And I really, really regret picking Acer and how they treat not only me, but since this is how their customer service is handled, every other customer. It's really embarrassing, and it really is not what a company should be doing. I don't recommend them. I have removed what recommendations I had on my site for their products, and I really don't expect uh, I will ever give them another chance, unless I've heard maybe somehow that all of that has been completely turned around. But I recommend against them. I recommend all you listeners avoid them. And um, good luck if you have their products. So that's it for uh, this week. Pretty uh, terrible news. And of course, since I'm back to my, uh, you know, eight-year-old, nearing nine-year-old laptop, there's really not a lot it can do. I am back to uh, pretty much just playing Elder Scrolls Online and Destiny 2, and it has some pretty big struggles uh, in certain parts of those, so I'm not even uh, really thrilled all the time to be playing. I am doing my daily stuff, but it's kind of actually uh, heartbreaking to play too long because there's just so many activities I can't do. Like even Destiny 2 solo, some stuff is just really difficult. Like there are certain uh, champions in the Lost Sectors or other special areas if you do higher level stuff. And I'll go and I'll do a thing that should stun them immediately and then you have about a three-second window to do damage to them. But because of the low wireless and because of the low graphics card, I don't even get to notice they're stunned for about a half second or sometimes even a full second until after it happens. And then, you know, almost a third of my window of being able to do damage to them is completely gone. So that is uh, not the best and makes uh, difficult slash, you know, critical timed events very challenging. It did okay with Borderlands 3. I picked that up on sale. Uh, regular listeners would have heard about that, I think, around Christmas time. I also picked up Horizon Zero Dawn uh, around that same time on sale. I sadly waited <laughs> to play that one, so I don't even know what that would look like on the newer systems. But on my old laptop, well, I can happily say it runs. It's probably running at 10 to 20 frames per second on you know, medium to low settings. So it is really, really a painful experience. And I'm just now maybe like six or eight hours in and I'm starting to get to some uh, base areas which have like a lot of people in them. And once they all start fighting, whew, it is really rough. Even in the outer areas where I'm just fighting like three dinosaur machines, You know, it gets 
almost impossible to look around and dodge and attack at any kind of um, pace that is manageable. So I don't know. I have Tiny Tina's Wonderlands on pre-order for March. Uh, I pray I can play that at least, you know, something close to the level I played Borderlands 3 at. Looking at the specs, they are uh, pretty similar, so maybe I can run it. But there are some things that my old laptop just will not run at all. I think it has to do with the DirectX version, but I had a trial of Gears 5, and that did not work at all. It pretty much refused to run it. I think I tried to play Outriders on it, and it was the same thing. It just refused to run it at all. So pretty much any games you know, coming out this year or beyond, there's probably a 50 to 75% chance my laptop will not run it you know, at all. Like, it won't even start. It'll be like, nope. Or if it does, you know, it'd be like Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's like 10 to 20 FPS and like is barely running. So I don't know, uh, you know, what I'll be talking about in my podcasts. There won't be a whole lot uh, for me to talk about since, you know, any new games that come out probably won't run and I don't have money for them. So that's rough. I don't know, I guess I will maybe try and think up something to talk about in about three weeks and try and at least uh, keep the three-week cycle. But uh, like I said, you know, if it continues like this, I don't know what I'll have to talk about. But hopefully everybody out there is having a uh, much better new year than me. And I have no idea what I'll talk about next time. But hopefully I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks, bye. And then, you know, almost a third of my window of being able to do that. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patr. E-O-N dot com slash rabbit R-A-B-B number one T You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons attribution non-derivatives license 2022